Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imaginations to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode one of Roll with Adventures flagship campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris begins. But before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll what I call player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So to roll for your player initiative, think about how dexterous each of you are. Have you done anything specifically today that's very dexterous? If so, then add a plus one or a plus two to your d20 roll. If you think that you've fumbled a bit today, maybe minus one or two. I fell two times walking from my car in the parking lot to the elevator, so I think I should probably give myself a minus. Oh no! <laughs> I managed to attempt. <laughs> I managed have to attempt rubber to shoes. open my outward-facing bathroom door inward while walking through, and oh. managed to smack myself in the face with it. Okay. So I'm gonna go with a negative there. I haven't done anything particularly one way or the other, so I think I'm I'm just gonna go with a with a flat D twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say that I I got a two. Anything particularly exciting either, but uh, it sounds like the negatives really excite me this week. <laughs> um. Oh, I've got a fifteen. As do I. I have. I have a two. Wait, do we have two twos and two fifteens? Look at us being terrible and awesome at the same time. <laughs> okay, the question is, uh, David and Sasha... Tiebreaker was an 18. Oh, okay. Are we okay, tiebreaking? So... Wait, go. do we all have to roll again? Yes, you guys all have to roll again. again. I rolled oh, a seven. I got a four. Okay, so the order uh, of introduction for today will be Brian, then Allie, then Dave, and then Sasha. Brian, take us away. So I'm Brian. I can be found on Twitter at at MindOverBrian. I'm playing Melian Barebone, a character who appears to be a bearded half-elven young man. Uh, He is a barbarian, um, uh, and he is currently in the company of who he refers to as his little sister. My name is Ali. I am playing Kowari Alanakanathi Bostukbeis. I am a Goliath Paladin. And you, uh, what, what else can I tell you about myself? Oh, I know. 
My heart of fire was given to me by soul, and I will protect the living from the cursed of soul. My name is David, um, and I am playing a scholar by the name of Jovan. He uh, has been waiting in the city for a few months now, anxiously waiting the moment to meet his foretold compatriots here, though he does not know their names. I'm Sasha, and I am playing Faileth, a half-elven bard of spirits who was raised by and speaks to ghosts. Well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get started. And remember, here, we all roll with adventure. Our tale of heroes and choices, luck and skill, shadows and bliss, begins in the small city of Dwemer Hollow. A city of some odd 11,000, Dwemer Hollow sits upon a convergence of three important trade routes, and represents the farthest western bastion of order within the Kingdom of Westmark. Built upon the banks of the Darkling River, our city of Dwemer Hollow lies in the shadow of the Dwemer Mount, the highest mountain on the continent, and one plagued by rumors of darkness and ancient mystery. It is on this day that our four heroes have found themselves drawn towards each other, inevitably by the penmanship of a mysterious figure. For each has, at some point in the past year or so, received a letter requesting their services in the city of Dwemer Hollow, with instructions so exact and predictions of the future that could not be ignored. While the contents of the letters and instructions therein did differ, each pointed to a specific moment in time and a location. That time is today, shortly after breakfast, and the location is the bustling church tavern known as Hime's Hospitality, located on Pantheon Row in the Green Space District of Remembrance Square, on Dwemer Hollow's northwestern edge. Melian and Faileth sit at a table, quietly finishing a hearty breakfast of goose eggs, nut bread, and blueberries, while on the lookout for those companions described in their letters. A man sits at the bar, nursing a mug of ale, and a bit of the previous evening's supper, roast with mush and whey cheese, a rather heavy breakfast for one, but belying a complicated and conflicted mind. This man, Jovan, is of two minds. While the letter has certainly changed his luck for the better, will following the next set of instructions be worth it? As these three will soon be drawn together, a fourth figure, in breastplate polished to gleam, nears the western gate of the city, their ultimate destination as well, Hime's hospitality. Melian, Faileth, and Jovan, let me set the scene for you. The common room of Hime's hospitality the majority of the main floor of the three-story wooden building. A large bar, at which Jovan has taken a seat, his back to Melian and Faileth, stretches along a wall beneath an ornately carved balcony that can be reached by way of a spiraling st iron staircase in the northeastern corner of the room. The balcony has been carved to resemble a host of children sitting before a woman in front of the hearth. Throughout the rest of the room are tables of various sizes, each with an appropriate number of chairs. Melian and Faileth, you have taken a table by the large fireplace with four chairs in total. The fire has been lit, and a small fire burns there within the hearth. A few women mill about in the smocks of Hime's initiates, tending the bar 
serving food and drink to the patrons and sweeping the floor. As an establishment, Hime's hospitality is an interesting one. It's run by the local branch of the Church of Hime, also known as the Hearth Mother, and provides both lodging to travelers, their mounts, and supports this bustling tavern. Looking about, aside from the initiates of Hime, you notice that there are a few patrons scattered throughout the room. Two at the bar, including a man with his back to you, that's you, Jovan, and eight others seated at various tables. Jovan, you're seated very... You're seated with your back to Faelith and Melian so that they wouldn't notice you. You noticed them the moment that you walked in, and you've been eating your rather heavy breakfast while debating what you should do next. So, Melian and Faelith, uh, you've now just finished the last of your breakfast, and what would each of you like to do? Faelith is tempted to go around to every man at the room and see if their hair has been dyed. Her letter specified that uh, the man they are looking for, or the person they are looking for, I guess, has fiery hair that has been dyed brown. Um, so, because she has absolutely no personal boundaries, she would absolutely just go and check everyone's roots. However, somehow I think Melian wouldn't allow her to do that. Every time Faileth even... Uh, her body language changes to indicate that she might stand up. Melian's giant paw falls on her shoulder just gently keeps her in her seat and then goes back to eating the remains of his breakfast. Bumelian, how are we supposed to know if they've got dyed hair and green eyes unless we go up and look? Child, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that you don't go looking for fate. It finds you. This man. Yeah, but will... the letter was, was real specific that he might try to win away and we're not supposed to let him. Perhaps your letter was very specific. Mine just said that he would be on my path. Well, you read my letter. I gave it to you. I think it's still in your pocket. It's not in mine. Do you have my letter? Perhaps you put it in my bag without telling me, as you so often do? I mean, maybe. I just don't know. I just know that I don't have it anymore, so hopefully you have it. <sighs> Give me a moment. Can you look? <laughs> okay. And... Uh, while Melian looks, I'm going to try to sneak out of my seat. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, would you like to do this uh, as sort of like uh, as stealth versus passive perception, uh, or uh, are you just like trying to do how you norm like how normally stealthy you'd be, or are you just trying to bolt? <laughs> I think she's putting a little extra effort okay. into being stealthy. I mean, Melian's passive perception isn't great anyway. I wasn't going to say that, but... <laughs> uh, so, why don't you roll us a stealth check? Eight! <laughs> awesome. Melian, um, <laughs> you notice, right? Uh, it, it, uh, yeah, in which case, with one hand in the bag... Uh, without even looking, Melian just puts his hand back on her shoulder and gently but firmly presses her back into her seat. Not again, little one. I'm not fighting well, an entire bar. Again. Can, oh, what? Can I send a ghost to look then? Please? I, I still don't understand how you do that, so sh sure. Alright, uh, are there any ghosts in this bar? 
So, uh, based off of how close this is to uh, Remembrance Square, you have seen quite a few spirits that are wandering about, uh, unseen and not showing themselves to a general or normal individual. Uh, but, interestingly, inside Hime's hospitality, you did not seem to find any at all. Almost perhaps as if they are warded from being able to enter here. To be exact, your mother is also not showing herself. Ah. Uh, then Faileth will look around and get super pouty when she can't find any ghosts. Oh, well that's right, shite, isn't it? Uh, do I actually have your letter in my bag? No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Malian finally finishes digging through its bag and goes, I'm afraid I, I don't have your letter. Are you sure you don't have it in your bag? Um, I'll take a look. And she pulls it out of her pocket. Oh, wait, here it is. <sighs> I found it. Excellent. Okay, so there are... How many people... Okay. How many brown-haired people are in this tavern? Well, let me take a look. Uh, there is a figure uh, that is wearing dark blue robes uh, with a like, club or staff sort of leaning up against uh, their table. Um, they have long brown hair. Uh, you can't really see their face. It's sort of shrouded in a cowl. Uh, you see a halfling with blonde hair uh, who's wearing a whole bunch of different kinds of weapons across him. Uh, you see a dwarf uh, in uh, in like a full-on splint male uh, that sort of looks like he might be a cleric. Um, you get this distinct vibe of sort of holier-than-thou feeling coming off of him, uh, but he has black hair. Uh, there is a a man with uh, blonde hair uh, sitting across from a woman with silver hair and gray eyes who looks like she is very old. There is another dwarf uh, with white hair, and then there are what um, what look like two young brothers, possibly, or at least just two young boys, uh, probably in their early teens, uh, that both have brown hair and are sitting over in the corner, being, like, just quietly chatting between them. Yovin's going to, um, tap on the counter, get attention to the barkeep, and hold up three fingers. Just close his eyes for a moment, and then jab a thumb at the table where the two half-elves sit. The uh, barkeep, a uh, younger female initiate of Hime, sort of smiles and uh, looks at you and says, uh, Will that be ale or mead? Whatever they're drinking. And one more for myself. What are the two of you drinking? Milk. 
Nail. So she's she's gonna look at you and go, Well, I guess I could pour the milk into your ale for you. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll chuckle just slightly. Just uh, another ale, then. I'll pass on the milk. She smiles. Uh, I'll have that right up in a few moments. He's going to take uh, another moment to try to compose himself. And, and we'll then... Let him arrive when the drinks do. Uh, so the younger initiate uh, in a smock uh, that has the uh, symbol of Hime, a sort of stylized hearth with a small little fire inside it, uh, brings a tray over uh, to you, Melian, and Faleth. Uh On it are three drinking receptacles. Uh, and she places a milk in front of Faleth and puts down the two ales as a man with brown hair and green eyes approaches you. With some satisfaction, Melian leans back in his chair and crosses his arms with a smug look at Faleth and then looks back at the man. And then looks back at Faleth like, see, I told you. I think we got the wrong number of drinks. There's only two of us. You don't. We don't need this one. This one's not ours, I don't think. That would be mine. Oh. You Hello. seem to be missing somebody. Did you dye your hair? The door upon their back. Uh, he nods and parts his hair with one hand. Showing very slightly red roots. See, I told you looking at the roots would work. Though if you could keep that a little bit quieter, it'd be appreciated. Oh, sure. I told you looking at the roots would work. Alright. Well, I have to admit this was a little less eventful than I worried. I don't suppose you have... Any information as to the individual that brought you here? Being curious. Well, I was hoping that you would have information for us. I don't know anything. Perhaps the fourth don't member. To her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should Perhaps... listen to me. I have very interesting things to say. Thank you very much. Exactly. Don't listen to her. She knows more than she lets on. Usually more than I don't know anything. It's just the dead people who know lots. He'll shake his head. So there is the fourth that I was supposed to meet here. And there's only two of you here. Did you lose somebody on the roads? I know I assumed that they would be accompanying you. Apparently, the only description I was given is that I would know them by the door they bear upon their back. I think it's Quarry. You keep saying that, but you won't explain who Quarry is. They're, it, they're just Quarry. They're the, they made sure that I didn't get burned in the stake a couple of times. 
Sorry, she's a little mad. She may be talking about me. I don't even know. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Quarry. You'll see when they get here. They're lovely. They didn't let me be burned like a necromancer. And with that statement, I think we will switch scenes uh, to uh, an individual that is approaching the Western Gate. Kuari, you approach the Western Gate of Dwemer Hollow. The thick rock wall of the city rises a good 20 feet high here, and you see that despite it being shortly after dawn, there is a small line of wagons and travelers in a line out the gate. You join the line, catching that you must have just arrived after a caravan traveling along the famously prosperous Serpentine Road also arrived at the gates. The inspections, as you get closer, appear methodical and quick, but not as thorough as you might expect if the guards were looking for something specific. And as such, you deduce it must simply be routine for caravans to be inspected. As you approach the guards, you note that their equipment appears to be quite new, and they wave you through without so much as a second glance at the symbol emblazoned on your breastplate or the armband around your bicep. What would you like to do? I have two questions before I <clears throat> before I do anything. My first question is about the Lumian. Do I recite it? Do I chant it? Do I uh, observe it? Uh, so the Lumian, uh, which is the morning uh, prayer for followers of soul, uh, is a morning prayer. So it could have been, you could have chanted it, uh, you could have recited it. Um, my assumption is that you have done that, and then you and then you left your camp and got to the edge of the city. Okay. And my other question is, what is the weather like today? It is slightly overcast. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so before I pass through the gate, I would like to approach one of the guards and say, Excuse me, I wonder if you could tell me where I might find Sime's hospitality. I'm led to believe that it is in this town. Joey, have you ever heard of a Sime's hospitality? No, Jim. I haven't. Sorry, sir. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's... Maybe maybe it's one of the new places that's opened up in the old town? I see. Could you direct me in the direction of the old town? Oh, you just keep going straight on through. You're gonna come to a bridge, and just cross over that bridge, and you're right in the old town district. You'll know you're going in the right direction uh, because you're going to keep going that way and when you, uh, you're going to come out into this nice big square uh, and it's where a lot of the caravans usually will set up for market uh, but I'd advise you to keep a close watch on your purse there. Just keep going straight on through and cross the bridge and you'll be into Old Town District in no time. Thank you, and I, I must say I couldn't help but observe your new weapon. Is this town well known for its smithies, or...? Oh, the uh, council, they uh, 
purchased all new weapons for the entire guard. Oh my, how very generous. I suppose this must be a rather well-to-do town. Well, we are called the Jewel of the North. Well, I look forward to my first visit to this jewel, as you call it. May the light of soul shine upon you. Uh, and I'll walk through the gate. The city of Dwemer Hollow has already awoken from its slumber. You can see porters and merchants bustling to and fro, shopkeepers that put out their signs. As you come, and as you come out onto a large square, you see it awash with color and exotic aromas. This must be the caravan's market that he was talking about. A place for caravanners and merchants to test their metal and make a fortune, or perhaps lose one. You continue walking, arriving at a bridge that joins the western district to the central part of the city. This must be the old town. As I'm walking through the town, Quarry would like to um, sort of observe the people around them. They're looking for whether people seem to be friendly with one another, if they are seem furtive, if they're rushing about on their errands, or if any of them seem to be uh, taking an enjoyment of the day. Okay. Uh, so just generally looking around, uh, you don't seem to see anything that's amiss. Uh, but as you continue and you start to get into the old town, you and you're thinking back, you have noticed something peculiar. There are no children out in the streets. And just as this thought starts to rear itself in your mind, a young boy races out of a door into the street following after a brightly colored ball, and you hear his mother yell for him to get back inside. The ball rolls to a stop at your feet. I'll pick up the ball and, and hold it out to the boy. Uh, so as the boy approaches you, you see his mother race from the house and snatch her son and the ball from your hand before running back inside and slamming the door. Oh. <clears throat> You'd probably think her rude if not for the look that you saw in the mother's eyes. The look of fear. Hmm. Okay, I'll continue across the bridge, I guess. So you cross the bridge, and you come into the Old Town District, uh, and with that thought about children, uh, you note, you glance about a bit more, look at windows, and you start to see that it appears that all the children are inside. Hmm. Like, you see them glancing out windows, looking behind curtains, peeking out, uh, but any time that you cat that a parent or an adult figure sees... You sort of, like, looking. Uh, windows close. Hmm. Blinds are drawn. Interesting. Uh, well, I don't wish to disturb any of these fearful people and make them uh, even more afraid than they already are, so I will just continue my search for Sime's hospitality. Okay. Uh, so, how are you going to do your search? Um, I guess I'll... I'll be sticking to the main road and just keeping my eye out for any signs that uh, might perhaps have the name on them. Otherwise, I'm looking for the Temple of Soul. 
So as you search through the old town district, you eventually come to a bit more of a broken down section, and you see an old man uh, who looks at you and sort of gives you a two look over and goes, "What are you? What? What are you doing here?" Perhaps you can help me. I'm looking for Sime's hospitality. Never heard of it. Hmm. But Could... your kind, temple kind, they shouldn't be out in the city like this. Oh, uh, why would that be? Shouldn't you be up on Pantheon Row with the others? I go where Saul takes me. One of them missionary types. The old man sort of gets like a bit of like, his eyes go a little wide and he sort of nods his head, looking at you. He just keeps nodding his head, looking at you. Is there something you'd like to say? You're very tall. That is a fact. Perhaps you could direct me to the Temple of Soul? I am a newcomer to the city. Uh, and with that, he gives you very efficient directions uh, that will lead you towards the Temple of Soul. Alright, I will head to the Temple of Soul and hope that somebody there can give me directions. So, continuing on your way, uh, you come to the edge of the canal once more, and note that on the other side of this section of the canal appears to be a large green space, which you quickly realize from the uh, sort of mausoleums and uh, or small stone structures and blocks of stone must be a graveyard, uh, protected within the city walls, but separated from the rest of the city by this canal. Uh, looking around... Uh, you should be able to find the Temple of Soul around here. And as you follow the instructions, uh, heading close to, closer to the water, uh, to the river, to where the Temple of Soul should be, across from one of the bridges that accesses the graveyard, uh, you notice a large metal sign hanging above the portico of a three-story wooden building. It bears the stylization of a welcoming hearth, and the words beneath it are Hime's hospitality. Ah, spotting this quarry just sort of does a bit of an internal shrug, recognizing that they did not parse the words in the letter correctly, and heads for the door. Okay. Uh, so, you open the door to Hime's hospitality. For the three of you that are inside, uh, the door to Hime's hospitality opens. Kawari, how forcefully do you open the door? Are you doing this gracefully and quietly, or is... I would open it with my normal efficiency. I, I'm not slamming it open, but um, I'm opening it uh, firmly. So the door opens, and you step in. Uh, the common room uh, bar uh, tavern area is open before you. There are quite a few different tables with various patrons sitting. Melian and Faleth, you are both facing towards the door. Uh, Jovan, uh, based off the seating arrangement, your back is likely towards the door, so you wouldn't be able to see Quarry enter. Uh, the moment Faleth sees them, uh, she leaps to her feet and begins waving wildly, going, Quarry, Quarry! 
Quarry will nod towards Faelith and um, make a mental note that this must be the old friend from my past that the letter referred to, and will head over to the table and say, I hope you're not in trouble again, Faelith. Not any more than usual. Good. See, Melian, I told you Quarry was here. I told you that it was them. And you didn't think they were a real person. Good morning. Melian is still not sure this is a real person. <laughs> so they're kind of doing the, like, top of the head to the bottom of the feet to the back to the center mass, sort of like... Uh, so while Melian is looking Quarry up and down, why don't we get descriptions of what each of your characters look like? That's a good idea. Shall I go first? As the newcomer, go right ahead. So I'm seven foot two, and I weigh about 295 pounds. I have no hair, my skin is bluish gray, my eyes are crystal blue, and I am covered in tattoos. Uh, including on my face, and I am in my 50s. I have uh, some weather-beaten kind of wrinkles going on. And would you like to describe your equipment? Oh, what an excellent idea, yes. Um, I am wearing incredibly clean, gleaming armor. My, uh, it's splint mail, and I, my breastplate has a golden sun emblazoned on it. I carry three weapons, a halberd, a lance, and a warpick. And the most interesting thing about me, despite the fact that I'm very tall and have tattoos and it's very unusual to see Goliaths, the most unusual thing about me is that I have a very large door on my back. It is a beautiful stained red wood, wood that has t a twin-tailed comet emblazoned on it and some sort of red gem for a doorknob. And that's me. Who'd like to go next? I'll go. Uh, Phalus is a 5'1", 90-pound half-elf. She is 15 years old, but she looks 11 or 12. Um, she has dirty blonde hair, gray eyes, and tan skin. She is wearing a sort of hodgepodge of armor. Um, some of it is clearly from uh, leather that she made herself from various different animals that has been kind of added over a set of pretty nice studded leather that Melian gave her and couldn't convince her to wear without adding her own little extras to it. She's dirty in the way that only a semi-feral child can be. Um, she does bathe occasionally now. We can thank Melian for that too. So she no longer smells horrible. Uh, but it hasn't been as successful as he would probably like. She is carrying a war pick made out of bone. She also has a set of pan pipes, which are also made out of bone. And probably most disconcertingly, an adult human skull is hanging from her belt loop. The human skull is at least partially covered by some tanned leather that I gave her to try and cover it, but she doesn't seal it properly, and so it dangles open. It doesn't work as well if it's covered. Uh, Melian looks 
a lot like um, uh, he's also a half elven uh, dude. Not, not also a dude, but also half elven. Five um, eleven, um, pretty well built. Not wearing a not wearing a, a shirt, um, but wearing a sort of a beaded necklace um, that wraps around his neck several times and has a, a sizable pendant. Um, his hair is red. He's got a pretty full beard that he clearly keeps to a military trim. Uh, his eyes are blue, but no, most notably, he has a scar that moves from his upper lip up to just underneath his eye, across his cheekbone, and then across to his ear. Uh, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, he's got a pretty friendly demeanor. From uh, behind, Jovan would look um, fairly stout. But as he moves, it would become quickly apparent that it's in fact just a, a vest that he wears with pockets on the inside filled with all manner of trinkets and whatnot that bulk up his uh, silhouette. He's slightly on the taller side, um, has hair and facial hair that has been brushed and cleaned, but it hasn't been trimmed in some time. Uh, as he turns around to look at the newcomer, you can see that his face is round and looks like it was flat to start with and due to some fairly severe impacts has been flattened a little bit more, uh, nose bent at an angle and uh, chin seemingly dented. Um, his hands and body are generally very still, but you can hear the tapping of fingers on the table, even though his not doesn't be moving his hands in the slightest. When he sees Quarry, uh, his eyes would light up in shock, surprise, and then just a hint of disappointment before he, the whole expression goes blank and he smiles gently. So you would be the fourth member of this little assortment. I take it. Jovan, where have you been? It's been a few years. When I was told I'd meet an old friend, I have to admit I didn't expect it would be your presence gracing us. I'm pleased, though. As am I. It's been too long since I've seen you. You know, they've been rather worried about you at the Abbey these past several years. They haven't forgotten you. I've always prided myself on being memorable. Perhaps I'll go back and visit one day. I miss them sometimes. They would like that, I know. See, Melian? This new guy knows them too, so that means they're real. As the two of them speak to each other, um, Melian's expression grows more and more distrustful. Because we definitely just spoke of someone named Cory, and the human definitely didn't offer any sort of support at that being an actual real person. <laughs> it had, to be fair, nearly, what, a decade? Uh, and even then, they only met on a few occasions. This is true. A, a Goliath is much more memorable than a name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for Melian's benefit, I should have also said that Quarry is wearing an armband around their arm that has the field medic's insignia, and if the military cut to Melian's beard means anything, then they may recognize that insignia. Uh, Melian Quarry, do you know why we're here? here? Sorry, go ahead. Fourth seat. Say, won't you join us? Faileth has many questions for you. 
Thank you very much. I would be delighted to join you. So, you wish to know why we're here? Yeah, do you know? Well, in fact, I have some inclination. I am not entirely certain, but uh, I was led to believe that perhaps there is some necromancy afoot in this area that needs it wasn't dealing me. with. Yovid's going to cast a sidelong glance at the not-quite-hidden skull on the girl's belt. As everybody Sorry, looks this at time Faleth, it wasn't my fault. As everybody looks at Faleth, Mamelian's other fist comes up from underneath the table with a hand axe in it, and he goes, and even if it were, that's none of your business. Uh, Quarry would hold up a hand and say, Fear not, Faleth, I know it is never you. It's never me. Everyone just always thinks it is. Cory, this is Melian. Pleased to meet you, Melian. May the light of soul shine upon you. And also on you. Thank you. Well? You mentioned you had answers. Uh, I'm afraid that this is all the answer I have. That I am... I am here to deal with some sort of necromancy problem. The letter led me to believe that the problem would become evident to me after I arrived and did not provide any further detail. I have noticed two strange things on my travel through the city to Hime's hospitality, and um, but they could mean nothing, or they could mean everything, it's hard to say at this point. It's very, very early, far too early to judge. Speak very enigmatically. I mean, she's right, though, Melly, and it's only breakfast. <laughs> I'm disappointed, but I can't say I'm surprised. The letter writer seems to like to keep his secrets. I've been digging in the time that I've been here, and I have found distressingly little for somebody who knows no so much. Hmm. I can tell you, though, I haven't heard of any hide or hair of necromancy. There's some children disappearing, but that's old news now. Children disappearing, you say? For weeks now. Uh, the, the guard have been looking, but... be nothing of it. Just, uh, just one of the dangers of living in a town this size, with so many passerbys coming through. And yet you say they have been disappearing for the past several weeks, and for you to remark such a thing, I would think that it is an unusual occurrence. Well. Nothing so dramatic as undead, I think. There'd be a bit more of an outcry if there were zombies and ghosts skulking the shadows. If there is anything nefarious, I'm afraid it's likely just you. There's no ghosts in here at all. I don't think they're allowed in. Even Mother's out. Are you sure that you can see all ghosts? And as he says that, yes. he's going to have the hand knock on the inner side of the table. I'm not even sure how you Oh, did you do that, that actually. with magic? Ledger <laughs> That's the one. So you're going to use your uh, mage hand to do it? Yeah. There's a knock did you on do that the other with magic? side of the table. Magic. That's pretty cool. Well, it's it not like a ghost. A spellcaster to you. Well, it wasn't a ghost. At the uh, 
at the several out loud mentions of ghosts, um, Melian sort of leans back from the table and starts to scan the room. Are you scanning the room for the uh, for how patrons are reacting to this, or? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Again, I, I'm afraid that I will have to fight the whole bar again because they'll just decide that she's a necromancer and they're too drunk to stop, even though it's morning. So I'm already like evaluating who I would take out first, uh, what <laughs> what order in which I would uh, where I, where in the room I think would be the best to rage. Just you know, just general just strategy stuff. Um, interestingly, there's no one that is directly in the tables right around you. Uh, people didn't sit there. Uh, and it hasn't been loud enough that anyone has overtly at least looked in your direction. To carry on the conversation, Quarry would probably say the signs of necromancy are not always so overt. Is there any similarity to the children that have disappeared? I'm afraid I haven't looked into it myself too deeply, though perhaps I might know a few folks we could speak to, if that's where you'd like to start your little investigation. Well, it is the first truly unusual and sinister thing that has come to my attention. And surely, even if we do not uncover necromancy, the rescuing of some innocent children could not be amiss. In fact, I must say that this does tie slightly into my letter, because it did say something about the lives of innocents being in the balance, and I couldn't determine whether or not that would mean... uh, you know, uh, my fellow sentient creatures, uh, other members of my order, other followers of soul, but children would indeed fit the bill. Uh, Melian will lean back into the table and heave a big sigh. And then look at Phelan. Do you want me to go look for them? If they're dead, I can find them. I sincerely hope that that is not the case. I fear the worst-case scenario is that they are gone from the city. A good third of the population isn't here to set down roads. They pass through on the roads and caravans. Perhaps we could begin by speaking with the city guard. (laughs) Maybe. We have to do that. Well, not necessarily. If you have... uh, strenuous objections we could i could start at the temple and uh, see what news i could glean from them Ooh, temple's not great either i can't confirm in the city here those two groups are likely to know the least and if the guards knew anything they'd be keeping it close to their chest the priests they keep themselves in the city they have their own little island walled off like to Plus, they're usually grumpy. I see. Well, as you've been here the longest, Yovan, I will, of course, be guided by you as we seek knowledge. And where the girl goes, I go. Yeah, he's my brother now. I would hope so, I believe, uh, given what my letter indicated, that 
all three of you will be accompanying me. Sorry, I muted myself by touching my trackpad. I'm sorry. How dare you? Where did I cut out? All Just three of you word. will be accompanying me. <laughs> okay. All three of you would be accompanying me on my quest to sort out this necromantic threat. I assume you each must have your own unique skills in this regard. I pride myself on being handy. I usually am a necromantic threat, so I don't know. Nellian gives the Goliath a flat look and then starts piling weapons on the table, just <laughs> one after another, like a hand axe, another hand axe, a long sword, a great sword that he puts effortlessly on the table, uh, a javelin, another javelin, another javelin, another javelin, <laughs> a dagger. He's just... <laughs> So, Melian, as you start to do that, you see a halfling uh, that is also similarly loaded with weapons, just locks eyes with you from across the tavern, and starts to put weapons on his table, too. (laughs) (laughs) Quarry, not seeing any of this, he says, that is a most impressive assortment you have there. Thank you. Melian <laughs> stabs the last dagger into the tabletop and just sort of leans back and uh, waits to see how the halfling finishes. Uh, there's a beam that goes a bit over the half that comes a bit over the halfling's table, and the last thing he does is he takes his sword and he jabs it up into the beam. And you can just see uh, one of the initiates. The one that was at the bar that uh, brought the drinks over just puts her head in her hand and starts to massage her temples. As if this is something that has clearly happened before. Melian leans forward and says, uh, I may have attracted the wrong kind of attention. Uh, it's okay, Melian. Me you're a lot bigger than him. Uh, Melian stands up and does like that warrior stretch. He gets his gets his arms out to his side, stretches real hard so he can show off his pectoral muscles. Then does the like oh, flexes one arm and flexes the other to, to and then uh, loosens up and then starts packing his weapons away off the, off the table while cracking. The his neck. halfling sort of saunters over towards your group, uh, and as you start to pack up, he's like. I didn't get to even see what craftsmanship your weapons were! Oh, well. If you would like to take a look. And I offer him the javelin that's already in my hand. Before I Mm, slide it back into its... Looks at it and inspects it a bit. Ah. From down south, I see. Mm. Do you have anything exotic? I find I am myself a bit of a weapons enthusiast. And he holds out his uh, small hand uh, and uh, Jeffrey. And Jeffrey? I. Melian reaches forward and sort of takes whatever he's holding out. Oh, he, he just shakes your hand. Ah, that makes more sense. <clears throat> Uh, this is the only, Melian says, the only piece that I have, Omelian is my name, 
and the only piece I have that may uh, catch your interest is this uh, this great sword that I brought from uh, the far north. Omelion, hmm, what? What craftsmanship? Where in the north did you get this? I've been thinking about doing an expedition up there. Uh, uh, see if there are any great smiths that are unknown up there in the north. Perhaps I can find new weapons and bring them home to my collection. And you see the initiate at the bar just continues to massage her temples. Uh, Faileth pulls out her war pick and says, Hi, I'm Faileth. Do you like my bone pick? I made it myself. He inspects it and then hands it back to you. It's and nice, And continues right? talking to Melian. Oh. Uh, the, the far north. There's a small group of uh, tribes with whom I had some business. Ah. Beyond the Northern Reach? In indeed. Just, just, ah. just a, a hair past. And then he well, smiles privately at his own joke. Well, Omelian, thank you. Yeah, Omelian gives him a nod. You were going to say, Allie? Oh, I was just going to say, Quarry's ears pick, prick up at the mention of the far north, but they don't say anything. Well, it was good to, uh, good, good to meet you. And, uh... Before you go... Yes? May I ask you, as, as a weapons enthusiast, your opinion of the, uh, merchants of this town? Gilvin, uh, winces slightly. Well, if you're talking about weapons... Yes. The blacksmiths of Dwemer Hollow, they're, they're decent. They're okay. Uh, but... The guild... It's recently gone downhill. You see, there's... Some new... Uh, I guess it wouldn't... I wouldn't say new. Uh, but... The, uh... How to put this? A merchant came into town uh, about a year ago. Started buying up most of the uh, other blacksmiths, or at least buying up their stock and any kind of metal that was coming into the town. And despite not being part of the guild, somehow has cornered them enough and bullied them enough that the guild doesn't take action against him. So, you've got quite a few local blacksmiths that are starting to run out of business. And this one? Town. They, the council just even signed a contract with him for outfitting the old guard. So, I guess he's gonna be a permanent fixture here to stay, but I, his weapons, they're Nothing special. I was wondering more about unusual weapons, perhaps magical. 
Mm. Well, if it's something magical you're looking for, uh, there's. Let's say there's probably three places you could look. Uh, there's a. Uh, down in the Noble District, there's uh, the Price Auction House. There's also the War Mistress. She's uh, got a, a nice. He sort of winces as he says nice. Uh, store. Uh, and or you could head on into Frost's Folly. There's a there's a, there's a there's a decent bloke in there who uh, he knows his way around uh, weapons. I'll say. I am interested in having a weapon crafted. Do does the uh, local the one at the noble district or the. The auction house, they uh, they bring all their stuff in, and I have there, there's no blacksmith attached to uh, the war mistress. Uh, I, th- I think she's similar to the auction house. Uh, don't know how she gets them, uh, but uh, purchasing uh, pre-made. If you're you looking, mean. yeah, or uh, looking for some things that are special, some nasty rumors that uh, some of the weapons that she sells up here uh, were. They've seen down on the battlefield, uh, down in the Empire. But I see. Somehow they end up here. Uh, but I don't want to spread rumors. Uh, but if you were looking for something to be handmade, uh, I would say uh, look around Frost's Folly. Uh, you'll be able to find. Uh, just ask if anyone in the area can help you find Alan. I see. Is Frost's Folly far from here? Ah. Complete opposite end of the city. I see. Have you been in this town long? Uh, you could say that. I stop in probably quite often. I've been here for almost a year now. What do you know of the disappearance of these children? Oh, no. Not much. Seems like a new child goes missing every month or so. Hmm. Well, there was a couple months back, there was a period where we didn't. At least there wasn't anyone anyone saying it, that there was a child that had gone missing. Um, it's, uh. I think the only reason it's really on anyone's mind is it was a noble that went missing. Most recently. Yeah. Yep. Whose child? Uh, uh, Lord Buchanan's. Uh, he's on the city council. At least I think it was his. Eh, that could have been a month ago. Eh. I don't really know. Eh. Well, uh, I thank nice to meet you, you for your assistance, and I, in return, would like to offer you a piece of advice. The North can be very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. I'll take that under advisement. Thank you. And he'll head back over to his table and start sheathing his weapons. 
Sorry, I don't think you should listen to anything he said. He clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. He took one look at my brilliant phone pick and didn't even seem interested at all. Well, perhaps it's not his uh, particular weapon of interest. You know, these collectors can have peculiar tastes. I can say with some confidence his assessment of the city was mostly correct. I'm surprised he knows of Alan's towns in Frost Folly. Bit of a local secret, him. Hmm. Does good work, though. Well, it is not our uh, primary goal. I would not at all mind stopping by to see whether or not uh, I can obtain a weapon that would be more useful in our fight. Oh, I can say with some confidence we'll be passing through that district. You don't have to worry about that. What time of day is it? Uh, so it is still morning. Uh, you had been eating breakfast. Mm. Well, we have a day ahead of us. And I wonder if you're the sort that prefers to get the lay of the land and settle in before going about your business, or if you're champing at the bit, can perhaps arrange for a meeting with one or two folks who might know more than I. It was the children you wanted to start with, yes? Indeed. Well, it interests me that uh, this seems to be a new occurrence, and we have our arrival has coincided with this uh, emergence of a trend, and necromancy can take many forms. Necromancers do tend to collect certain types of individuals if, say, they are creating ghouls and wish those ghouls to have certain characteristics. Well, I can't imagine what specifically they would gain from taking children, uh, I think it is a lead worth pursuing if there are no other overt signs of necromancy. And what are the thoughts of you two? And you'll turn to the half-elves. Melian, what are we? What are our thoughts? I go where the girl goes. Adorable. Do we have, do we have thoughts, though? Yeah, I'll, I'll see if they're out there. We are with you for the moment. Ooh, I could be bait. No. I'm good at being bait. If one of us will be bait. Not sure if you fit the profile there. Yeah, but you're not a child. Faelith, if one of us will be the bait. Well, I suppose if we Elian. clean the face, trim the hair, a uh, little bit of makeup, new set of clothes, you might be able to pass for young. I have it's amazing what they can do with a. It's amazing what you can do with a little bit of makeup these days. With the disguise kit. Well, perhaps we should first determine the profile of these children that go missing. Yeah, let me see if I can find them, shall we? How exactly do you propose to do that? Well, I figure first I'll just go outside and I'll look and I'll see if they're there. And if they are, I'll talk to them. I am interested to see this plan in action. Lead the way. Okay, sure. Uh, she hops up and kind of wends her way 
out towards the door. Quarry follows solemnly. With that, the minute Corey think... gives uh, sorry, oh, the minute Corey gives Shaleth the permission to just go off on her own, Melian shoots her the or them the the very darkest of dark looks, and then immediately like picks up his bag, throws it over his shoulder, picks up his great sword, throws it over his shoulder, and sort of hurries after her. Quarry's only used to seeing Faelith on their own, so thought absolutely nothing about letting them off on their own. Quarry's quietly wondering if we stick together long enough if I'll get a chance to meet Faelith's mother. She always seems to be mysteriously absent. Funny that. Okay, so our heroes have just left, have gathered together, and they have now just left Hime's hospitality. Uh, as Faileth has suggested searching for the spirits of these lost children. I mean, she just said she was going to look for the children. Quarry doesn't know I mean, what that yes. means yet. Okay, Faileth. So, you and the party are outside. I am going to do a uh, search for ghosts, specifically children's ghosts. But if I don't see any children, I'll go chat with whoever happens to be around. Uh, you are outside Hime's Hospitality on Pantheon Row. So, Pantheon Row, uh, if you were to look at a map of Dwemer Hollow... Uh, you'll see that the Darkling River is to the north of the city, and uh, there is a canal that comes down from the Darkling River, and it sort of comes down, uh, it, it comes down in a straight line, and then it curves off uh, towards the wall, sort of creating almost like a, a corner around Remembrance Square. And then the canal, uh, partway through, continues down, cutting off Westgate from the old town, and then splits around the noble district before it crosses under the walls and leaves the city. This is done so that Remembrance Square, the graveyard uh, for Dwemer Hollow, is protected and separated from the city, but is not outside of the city. Uh, this is to keep it close, and to keep it protected and cared for. Uh, they, no one would want a necromancer to get access to a completely defenseless graveyard, would they? Uh, so Pantheon Row uh, is a set of two streets uh, that are on the city side of the canal. Uh, that wraps around Remembrance Square. So imagine you take all the various temples and churches to the members of the Pantheon, to the Twelve Gods, and you wrap them around that in a sort of protective barrier. And you are on the eastern branch of Pantheon Row. Looking about, uh, you can see uh, some various initiates and clerics, uh, as well as just uh, parishers and devotees and followers of the various divines going back and forth throughout the street. 
Uh, Faileth, you do note uh, that there are a few uh, spirits. They're quite weak. They're not as strong as ones you have seen before. You know from the previous evening that if you're looking for stronger spirits for you to converse with, you'll probably find them actually in the graveyard. Are there any children here? Like Can dead you ones? give me a perception check? I got a 19. So looking about, uh, you do see the spirit of a child that looks like they are throwing ghost rocks into the river or into the canal. Okay. Um, I will tug on Melian's sleeve and say, oh, there's one. And uh, run over to the river by the ghost child and start throwing rocks with them. Uh because Melian doesn't have a sleeve, he just rubs his arm where she pulled on his arm hair. Uh, <laughs> and then follows resignedly. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the the ghost child sort of just like glances at you and smiles and just keeps chucking rocks in. Hello. I'm Faileth. Who are you? The ghost child sort of lo looks around. Are you talking to me? Of course I am. You can see me? That I can. Oh. No, many people can see me. Usually no, I only can't. get... Usually people only ever talk to me if I'm throwing rocks at... The, the windows or the signs and making a, a rattle. Did I do something wrong? Oh no. This just looks fun. And I wanted to talk with you a bit if you don't mind. Oh. Uh, okay. Now, this might not be easy for you to say. But could you tell me what happened to you? Oh. He, uh, sort of looks a little sad. Uh, I died, uh, I, about 200 years ago. Uh, I, I, have you ever heard of the flare? No, can't uh, so say I have. Or have I? <laughs> you, actually, because you were raised by ghosts and really did yeah. not spend that much time around, have no idea what the flare is. Uh, for anyone None else, though, uh, the flare... Uh, is a disease, uh, a plague, that uh, ripped across the continent uh, about 300 years ago the first time, uh, and makes rounds across the continent, like, every couple of generations. Now, presumably we can't hear the ghost, right? Yes, so you cannot like... hear the ghost. Faileth is talking like to thin Faleth. air. Cool, so in which case... Uh... Having seen this before, Melian goes and stands on sort of vaguely the other side, but giving a wide burst so he doesn't stand in the ghost. And every time there's a gap where she'll say something, he'll just start making, like, under his breath, like, noises. So that at least it sounds like maybe they're talking to each other, but you just can't make out <laughs> what Melian's saying. Excellent. 
Um, Melian, if you are looking at the canal, you will see, like, every once in a while, Faelith will throw a rock, and then somewhere else in the canal, uh, the water will sort of make, like, a, a ploop, as if, and ripple, as if a rock had fallen, had been thrown there, but it very clearly is not where she threw one. Can I ask you something else? Oh, sure. I, 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 I don't get many people that want to talk to me. Oh, you can come with me for a while if you like. If you want I... to have someone to talk to. I I can't go that far. Oh, where are you buried? I could dig up a bit of you if you want to take a journey. Oh, no. I... I... <laughs> I've done yeah. it before. Yeah, the million coughs like... <laughs> <laughs> He says the word just... dig and almost by instinct. <laughs> he sort of points across uh, and uh, he, he points across uh, to the uh, graveyard and uh, as he does uh, he sort of makes a half smile and is like oh I, I'm not buried. My my I, I was burned as part of a mass grave. Also, oh. be a, a, a bit hard to find. Um, that's alright. I'll just visit you here for a bit then. Oh, that, 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 that's really nice. Can, can I ask you something though? Have there been other children recently, like a lot of them, that more than usual that have been joining you on that side? No. I... There's been one or... Like, there, there's been a few, but they're... It's always after their body gets buried. Or their ashes mm. get interred. Do you know anything? Apparently, a lot of the children in this town are going missing, and we're trying to find them. Have you heard anything about that? I think I heard... I, I think I heard the speakers uh, talking about something like that, about some children that they were worried about. Um, uh, but ye haven't seen them in the spirit world? No. I, I haven't. Well, that's probably good then. Means they're probably still alive. If they're like you, I hope so. Aren't you the sweetest wee thing? What's your name? Oh. Name's Aaron. Aaron? Can I tell stories about you? About me? Yeah. I don't. I, Could no you one's tell ever me told something it. special about you? Maybe what your favorite thing is, or your favorite game to play, or something that was really important to you, and I'll put oh. you in my stories. I... <laughs> well, uh, every once in a while, the head of the, uh, the speakers, uh, <laughs> she'll be going along the bridge, you see, over there, and he sort of, he points at uh, one of the bridges that crosses into uh, the graveyard. And mm -hmm. if it's been if it's a bit slippery, I 
I'll push her off. And he just breaks <laughs> out into a giggle. Uh, she joins right in and, like, nudges his uh, incorporeal farm, like, Oh, that's a good one! I oh, you're a mischievous little bugger you are. I like you, Aaron. I'm going to enjoy telling your story. She doesn't know it's actually me, but... <laughs> oh, does she think she's been haunted by, like, bad luck or something? Oh, uh, she usually says something about, uh, like, about the, uh, the oath binder taking, uh, uh like, taking a, sw- a, s- a swat at her and her saying <laughs> that it's not her time yet. And then she'll uh, climb her way out and <laughs> I, I, I only brilliant. do it once. I, oh, yeah. Erin, yeah. thank you for helping me. I'll come back and, and talk to you again if I have time, all right? We just are, we're going to look for the missing kids first, and hopefully we don't find them on your side first, because it'd be a lot better if they weren't. Uh, I, I, I hope everything goes well for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope you find what you're looking for. Me too. Uh, she throws another couple of rocks. And then uh, reaches out and ruffles his where his hair would be. And then pops up and turns back to her friends and say, Sorry guys, no luck. This one's been dead for 200 years. He's hilarious though, you'd like him. I'm going to cast a long look at the Paladin of Soul, um, Hunter of Necromancers and Smiter of Undead over <laughs> my shoulder. Um, he does say that there hasn't been any children who haven't been buried or had their ashes put in the graveyard, which does seem to say that maybe the children aren't dead, or if they are, they were killed very far away from here, and their souls hasn't been able to, like, come back to this area, so it's not a definitive thing, but it's certainly good news. I think Jovan was saying something about looking at the Paladin of Soul. Yeah, just as the uh, little not-necromancer is talking about digging up corpses of the 300-year-old dead ghost she's speaking to. Um, Engaging the reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Quarry? Yes, Faileth? Do you know who the speakers are? Uh, Do I know who the speakers are? Away from society uh, would probably have a general idea. Uh, They are worshipper... They're generally the clergy of the goddess Adrestia, also known as the Oathbinder, the Gardener, the Tallier of Karma, the Kind Mistress, Taker of Vengeance, and formerly the Accountant of Death. Uh, She is the wife of the god Ashen, Lord of Death. And Speakers uh, is probably a short form for Grim Speaker, or Graven Eulogist. Uh, which are clerics that speak for the dead. In situations where the dead must be contacted, uh, it is the divine gift of Adrestia that is called upon. As the accountant of death, she allows her followers to reach out to the spirits of the deceased to settle the matters of the living. Speakers are often called forth to settle disputes related to the dividing of estates, last wishes, and for more 
far more rarely uh, are clerics of Adrestia called upon by the dead themselves to deliver a message to the living or aid in the settling of a score. So that's something we all know except for Vela. Probably. <laughs> that's going to be a theme. <laughs> Cass, what was the name of the disease again? The Flare. The Flare. Malian. Yes? Malian. What's the flare? How does it kill people? It was a disease. You catch it by being dirty. Which is why I insist you take a bath tonight. Ugh. But I had one, like, two weeks ago. I'm aware. But the cities are dirtier than the woods. Oh, fine. Anyway... There aren't any of the kids we're looking for here, so we should probably go somewhere else. You mentioned that the uh, <clears throat> individual you're speaking to hadn't seen any ghosts Aaron. of children about. No. Well, that means they're either alive or they're elsewhere. Yeah, Perhaps. that's what they said earlier. <laughs> um, of the smugglers I know, Cass, uh, are there any that would be outfitted to move people? Quite possibly. Likely, if they were to move people, it's more they would use uh, the, use the river, uh, and then they'd probably send them north along the Darkling River, and then smuggle them out somewhere in the Darkling Forest, and then go by land. Uh, because uh, leaving the city, the traffic for individuals uh, and merchants uh, and smugglers would be a lot harder though you have heard rumors that there may be tunnels or passageways or houses against city walls and such that have back doors Jovan's going to briefly consider the nod to himself we're going to go speak to some people <clears throat> and if they do have any part in this then they're not going to want to tell us so on the way there we should figure out how are going to convince them to share any information they might have. I'll leave that in your capable hands. We're going to be heading to the dogs. I can look a bit more menacing. Uh, yes, Sasha? Is my mother here? Yes, your mother is back. Cool. She's sort of just like standing off to one side, her form hazy like it is always, her face slightly distorted. With her arms crossed, and she's tutting. I roll my eyes at her. She opens her mouth to stick out her tongue that isn't there. Um, before we leave this area, Quarry would lean into Faith and say, you really shouldn't dig up the bodies of the dead. Sometimes they want to come with me for a bit and see some more of the world. I think this is how you get yourself in trouble. Well, sometimes, but usually it's just because I tell people, like, what their grandmas are saying about them, and oftentimes it's not very nice, and no one wants to accept it. Nevertheless, it would perhaps be wise if we don't dig anyone up. But, but then how can I help them resolve their unfinished business? That is an excellent question that I had not considered, and is. Something I will have to think about. Not to butt in. Um, I, I figure most people's business concludes once they're six feet under. Uh, oh, no. 
Ah, that's definitely not the case. I mean, I'm sure it is for some people, but those ones aren't, don't come back as ghosts. Most of the ones who come back have something really important. Well, I say really important, but important to them. At least in my experience, some of them, all they really want to do is tell someone how they died, if they died in a way that was unfair, or if they haven't quite come to terms with it yet. So then they just tell me their story, and I spread the story, and that seems to do the trick. But some people, they've got like something deep gnawing at their soul, and, and sometimes I have to help them find out, or, or talk to the person who they really need to talk to, or, or hide the thing they don't want anyone to find, or go slap the back of the head of that guy they really don't like, or, you know, kill someone for them. And so I do, and then they can rest. Yovin's expression the entire time is just getting darker and darker and just like shoulders hunched. And just looks around, make sure there's no one around. As, yeah, as Faleth explains her life's philosophy, uh, Melian starts to stalk in sort of like a half circle, uh, warning anybody that might even get close that he is not in the mood to deal with reactions so that he can keep people far enough away that they're not quite overhearing what she's telling the other two. Cory was totally uh, with Faleth up until the, and then sometimes I kill people. <laughs> Cory kind of narrows their eyes and is sort of thinking, like, okay, I'm going to have to keep an eye on this. Well, death is just the next step. Everybody dies. I don't see what the big fuss is about. Not before their time. Or you create Yeah, but who is to say who their what their time is? Not us. Why not? I believe you'd have to take that up with... The speakers. Oh, I don't believe in their mumbo-jumbo. I suspect they don't believe in yours, either. Probably not. That's why we never get along. <clears throat> Faileth, if you're quite finished... Am I? You are. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where to? Which of those smugglers um, that fit the criteria I mentioned are the least likely to try and book it when a Goliath Paladin rolls up? All of them. Right. We'll figure that out on the way. Um, I'm going to make my way to whichever is closest to the intersection of the wall and the river along the north side, dock side. Okay. Uh, are you going to check, are you going to, uh, set your, uh, set Marin, uh, to do anything? Are you going to try and get in touch with him? Um, Marin is the apprentice, yeah? Yes. Right. Um, I don't think we ever discussed how I ever got in contact with him. Is he just tended to well around fo Frost's Folly, or... You've probably set up some kind of network for getting in, getting a word to him whenever you want to talk with him? Sure, if I can detour out that way and leave him a note. Since the majority of the people don't know anything about the uh, layout of Dwemer Hollow, uh, it'll be quite easy for you to pretty much take them anywhere. <laughs> right. We'll take the scenic route and detour out to wherever the uh, usual meeting point is. On the way there, I'll write a note for the apprentice. Just briefing him that uh, I've turned my attentions for the missing children of the city, and uh, I'm interested to hear if he knows anything else that the, the usual mutterings wouldn't cover. Okay. 
Uh, so you take the uh, party down through Old Town, uh, and you circuitously avoid the central plaza. We're going to say that you probably have a communication point, probably somewhere in Walden Gate. Uh, so you end up down there, and you drop your note off. Maybe at its, maybe it's one of the places that he's apprenticing that you just drop a note off for him. And the note will make its way to him when he comes in for work, I guess. Or if at a time, at some point, and you'll hear from him. Usually pretty quickly. Uh, he likely will go to your house to try to give you more information. I was about to say, I'd let him know that we, were, we would be at the house around sunset. Okay, then that is when he will aim to show up there. Uh, and then you head towards Dockside. Uh, are you going to go down Maker's March, or are you going to head through the Old Town? Um, probably go through the Old Town. Just keep to the, the less populated streets. I imagine the Maker's March is probably the busiest street along the, the city. Yeah, so. it would be the busiest of them all. Uh, so you uh, start. You head through the Old Town District. Um, as you are uh, going through the historic old town of twisting streets and alleyways, uh, you, for those of you in the party that have not been here for a time, the buildings here look like they're quite a bit older, uh, at least 300 years older than the rest of Dwemer Hollow, um, which has been growing. You note that there's quite a few... Uh, small shops and nameless taverns scattered throughout. Uh, as you are going through this area, um, Faileth, you do notice at one point a tavern that is a two-story building uh, that has a sign in front of it that is um, like a... That's made of iron uh, that looks like uh, a like a ghost almost or like the fairy tale drawing of a ghost and you note that as you pass by glancing through the door um, you legitimately think that you see a ghost carrying a tray of drinks but continuing on because Yovan uh, doesn't stop you eventually come to Dockside, coming out just at the edge of the Darkling Market. The smell of fish and the not-so-clean sections of the city uh, wash over you as you come out into a sort of local, large market that appears to be more focused on second-hand or lightly used goods. Of course... Obtained ex quite lawfully. At least they'd say that. And as you are uh, looking around, Jovan, you see, you note one of the stalls uh, that trades in various cloths and such. Sacks could possibly fit people. Is the owned by the smuggler that you are find yourself aiming towards. It's in the middle of the market. It shouldn't be that easy for him to run. I am 
quietly nod towards the... I get the attention of the, the other three. and nod towards the cloth merchant. And that's the individual we're going to speak to. And I have a strong... Uh, call it a hunch. That he's not likely to want to speak with us. Uh, I'm going Why to not? To... We're nice. We're going to make some very unkind... Uh, guesses and assumptions about him that he may take offense to. Who do you think he's the one that's been doing it? I think that if they have been smuggled out, it's likely not him, but he will be able to tell us who it is. Mm. And if he does know, that means he hasn't been sharing that information with the authorities. We're going to convince him to share that information with us. Okay. Melian looks at the Goliath and says, if you watch the girl, I'll take the back. I will I can watch, watch myself. Uh, ignoring Faleth, Melian <sighs> looks you in the eye and says, I'm, I'm counting on you. And then he sort of takes a uh, indirect path to sort of loop around the back. Quarry would probably turn to Faleth and say, What am I watching you for? Sometimes I think he forgets that I lived 14 years without him. Well, you've always had your mother. Oh yeah, she's here right now, so I don't know what he's got his knickers in a twist about. He seems to think that I get in trouble whenever I'm on my own, but I only get in trouble about a third of the time that I'm on my own. <laughs> a third of the time is still considerable compared to others your age, perhaps. I suppose, but they must live very boring lives, don't you think? I suppose you may be right. My childhood, as it were, was not that uneventful either. Besides, like you said, I've got mother. When Don't get I me wrong. Your mother. Oh, do you want to meet her right now? Perhaps it's not yes. the time. Oh, oh, uh, no, not not now. Uh, sorry. Yes, Jovan, please uh, lead lead the way. So, Jovan, this seedy. Uh, smuggler. Uh, his name is Henrik, uh, and he is a cloth uh, merchant, at least on the outside. Uh, that is what he appears to be. He has a decent trade, I will say, in smuggling other things into and out of the city, including people. He is one of the people that Marin uh, got you in contact with, or that, or that Marin at least told you about, for in case you needed to get out of the city quickly and quietly. What kind of boots is he wearing? What kind Strap of boots? boots? Yeah, he is wearing boots uh, that have with a sort of like a leather cord tying them closed. Perfect. Um, I'm gonna use the mage hand to tie his shoelaces together as quietly and discreetly as possible while we approach. Excellent. And your mage hand is invisible. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, you approach. Um, are all three of you approaching at the same time? The quarry will probably take up the rear and dutifully keep an eye on Faileth, for they know not what. <laughs> <laughs> Faileth will definitely uh, come up with uh, 
with everyone. Yeah. So, Jovan, do you think that you've actually talked to Henrik before, or have you just been told about him? Probably just told about him. Okay. As you approach, uh, he sort of looks up uh, from his rolls of fabric that he has scattered, that he has uh, displayed around, and goes, Ah, ah, customers, customers, yes, yes. Uh, what can I help you with? Are you looking for something for this fine young lady? And he sort of notices the very tall and imposing Goliath. Uh, but he will keep focusing on trying to sell something, a, a cloth to make a dress or to make a bag for the young lady. Do you have to make yes. um, bags for young ladies? Yovan's going to grin widely as he says it. <laughs> uh, yes, Sasha? Does he have any ghosts uh, specifically around him that seem to be following him specifically or trying to get his attention in any way? Or look like um, they're pissed off because he, he killed them? There don't appear to be any ghosts hanging directly around him, but you have seen a couple ghosts of, say, like, beggars uh, down here. Or people that look like they might have been not the most well-to-do. I'm, I'm not sure I know exactly what you mean, fine sir. I don't expect you to, but perhaps you could answer some questions anyways, and we'll learn about them together. I, uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest with uh, Henrik. It was Henrik, right? I, 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 I don't believe I in introduced myself. I, sir, I appear to be at a disadvantage. And, and you would be. He seems sort of a bit more concerned and is edging back, but he's making really small steps, so he hasn't noticed that you've tied his shoelaces together. I mean, a man of your talents, name is bound to get around. My name is Jovan. I'm a not quite so well-known, but perhaps we'll get to know each other very well. Ah, okay. Um... Tell me, is it? <clears throat> do you have much uh, competition around this area? Uh, do you keep up to date on your peers and uh, fellows? Uh, there is, there are a couple uh, cloth merchants around here <laughs> as well. Um, a man of your talents wouldn't limit yourself to simply one trade, would you? I'm sure you have other talents. He sort of looks at you, looks at the girl, looks at the really tall and imposing paladin. Sir, I am not sure exactly what you are getting at right now. Um, I am sure that if you mean to say you would like a certain type of fabric procured from a distance or sent... Uh, somewhere. I am sure that I can help you with that. Can you do purple? <laughs> oh, and the moment you say purple, he starts launching into, like, amp the different shades of purple that can be done. <gasps> and uh, he, he moves to... He, he, like, turns and grabs a bolt that's, like, a rich purple, and then he goes and gra and he turns and grabs another one that's more of, like, a, a, li a lilac and, like, a, a nice lavender. Uh, 
Uh, as this is going on, Quarry's brow furrows, and they sort of frown at Yovan, <coughs> and they say, Are we here to buy fabric from this man? No, I think, I think we were speaking the same language just a few moments ago. It's about transportation that we're here to inquire. Quarry subsides into silence, content to let you take the reins. Oh, God. Um, Look at this uh, so... one! It's got, like, little bits of glitter in it! Sorry, Cass, you're saying? Oh, no, no, continue, as you were <laughs> saying. Uh, he, he's, uh, Jovan's going to come right up to the stall, lean up against it. And just, I'm going to be uh, a little bit more clear here. We've lost some things, and we expect that those things may have traveled up to the city by, uh, without using the gates. And we were wondering exactly who might have facilitated that, and thought... And could be the man to know. I, I... I have no idea why you would say something at all like that. And you see him take a step back um, just far enough that he starts to teeter and he quickly sort of like turns as if he's going to run and pushes uh, some of the cloth so that it will fall in your direction. Catch the and, <laughs> and as he does that, uh, can I have a uh, sleight of hand check from you uh, yeah. to see how well tied his shoes are? Uh, so, 11 uh, plus 7, 18. Okay. And while, I am, while that's going on, uh, Faileth and Kawari, mm -hmm. uh, Yovan, you have not noticed this, uh, you can see that there is a large shadow, humanoid in shape, uh, that is uh, like on the other side of the tent. Not inside it, but on the other side of like the cloth at the back of the stall. Kawari uh, will say to Faileth, he has an accomplice. <gasps> Should we get him? Yes. Okay, let's get him! Yovin, uh, you gonna... get the escaping merchant. <laughs> I'm gonna tackle the shadow. <laughs> Quarry is hot on Faileth's heels. Uh, so the merchant um, turns to run uh, and will fall flat on his face in the tent. Um, he does slightly push open the back of the tent. Uh, and there is a imposing six foot five human uh, that has a cloak on uh, that is holding a great sword with dark hair. They're, they're clean shaven with brown eyes and a dark, dark tan uh, that has drawn their sword and is as. Uh, the merchant sort of, like, stumbles and falls out the back. And, Faileth, you are charging towards this person. Yes. Oh, dear. Quarry uh, will pick, uh, will pull out their halberd and say, Faileth, wait! Jovan hasn't quite noticed the, the man in behind. And, uh, feigning concern, he's going to kneel by the merchant, put a hand on his back, and go, oh, you've been hurt. I wouldn't move. You wouldn't want to make the injury worse. And then he's going to look up at the human, and he's going to be very quiet. 
Well, human, how would you like to do this? Well, as Shaleth comes running towards him, he'll drop his sword and, uh, well, not drop it, but like sort of lean it against the ground and then uh, against, are, are we, is this like an alleyway? As he, yeah, you're near, you're like at the edge of the market, pretty much. Like the stall was pretty much like, there's like a bit of almost like an alleyway behind uh, the stalls along this way. Uh, is the ground cobblestone or is it like dirt? Uh, I would say it's patchwork. Some of both. Here you can right. say it's dirt. I'm gonna find some ba- some some area that's bare of cobblestones and sort of plant the great sword in the ground, um, and then sort of brace for Faleth because she's not she's going too fast to stop at this point. I, I recognize that charge. I let out my war cry. Quarry <laughs> is close behind with the halberd but seeing that the individual is not, no longer brandishing their sword they're proceeding a bit more uh, cautiously uh, So Faelith, what are you going to do? Uh, I am going to I Swear to god if you try to jump me. Uh, No, I'm just going to jump on this, I'm going to attempt to jump on this human's back and uh, wrap my arms around his neck and yell, Corey, I got him, I got him, I'm holding him for you. Uh, can I have a, uh, um, <laughs> um, how about a, uh, acrobatics check? A dexterity sure. acrobatics? Can I uh, assist? Can I give her advantage by attempting to help her? With this getting on my back feel. So you're going to, like, try and pretty much, like, catch her and, like, vault her actually onto your back or, like, lean exactly, down yeah. enough into it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, right I'm going gonna, gonna to try and provide her with that opening so that she can loop that arm around my neck and then, like, throw her leg over my shoulder. Even if it involves taking a knee to make it work. <laughs> okay. After yep. I do this, can I roll perception to see if I recognize this behavior? Most assuredly. Uh, but please roll your acrobatics, uh, dexterity acrobatics check with advantage. 14. Okay. You jump right onto him and up onto his back and you have got your arm around it and just as you're bringing it to start closing it, uh, give me a perception check. Hey, net 20. Oh yeah. Uh, you, like, as you're about to close, you're like, wait a minute. Uh, I turn my headlock into a hug, and I whisper in his ear, Oh, hello, Maliot. Meanwhile, Quarry's approaching with their uh, halberd at the ready, and they say, So you are this man's accomplice. Tell us, what do you know of the missing children? <gasps> Shh, Quarry. It's uh, not him. It's not Melian lifts his hands so, to look like he's uh, surrendering. He says, You've definitely caught me. Uh, Paladin, but I am not this man's accomplice. I know nothing of him. Glory, it's Melian. It doesn't look like Melian. He's really good at disguises. Hmm. Are you sure? I did tell you, Goliath, that I would take the rear. I see. Quarry puts their halberd away. And Melian puts his hands down. Cass, did the merchant react at all when Quarry mentioned the missing children? 
No. Um, the merchant is sort of struggling under you, but uh, he his his feet are tied, and you firmly have a boot planted on his back, or a hand there, holding him down. If you'll give me a moment, Goliath, and then uh, Melian sort of draws the cloak in uh, around himself, turns, <laughs> and um, resumes the shape that they are familiar with, and then turns back, uh, sort of holding a cloth uh, that he is pre-stained to be a dark color, and uh, comes around rubbing his face. It's all about faking stature and good makeup work. It is most impressive and very quick work. Thank you. He's brilliant. I'm he glad to have anything. you on our team. <laughs> I, I, can get a, I can get you in the city. I can get you out of the city. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> what are you going to do to me? Well, if we walk out of this happy, then perhaps we're going to pay you. If not... Well, he sort of I'm perks not. up at the uh, mention of paying. If we don't walk away happy, then, well, I'm not one for imagination, but I have been told that my companions here are full of ideas. Oh, I am. I have so many ideas. We just want a little bit of information. We oh. believe that the children that have gone missing are no longer in the city. And are wondering who we would talk about to confirm or deny that. Perhaps one of your competitors might have been involved. What children are you talking about? His voice squeaks. Can I do an insight check? Uh, sure. Uh, that is... 11. It seems like he's just scared. Wow. He's now been attacked uh, by you guys. Uh, you're, you're unsure what his motives, aside from self-preservation and fear. Maybe I should be a little bit clearer. We're not going to be the first one to think along those lines. And so, if you're innocent, and I'm sure you are, it would be to your advantage to make sure that whoever was responsible was brought to light as quickly as possible so that no one else came knocking on your little tent. That seems reasonable to me. Does it seem reasonable to you? That seems very reasonable. I have not heard of anyone moving children in and out of the city, at least through the usual manner. Perhaps through some unusual manners, then. I... I... I, I haven't heard of anyone. Um, you, you could, uh... Th th there's always beggars uh, that are uh, that they they sometimes see a bit more than they're 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 meant to. Um, but uh, I uh, I I I don't. Uh, th th there's 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 a boat that comes. A boat. Y yeah, the, the the once a month there's a boat. It 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 comes to one of the warehouses down on the river. And it, it, it leaves just before dawn. And... Usually comes like... on the new moon. The moon, you say? Uh, yes, the, the new moon. At least that's, that, that's what I've been... That's, that's what I've been, been told. 
I don't know who I don't know whose boat it is. And I, I I don't know who it belongs to. Um, but it 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 comes upriver from from the mountain. It comes from upriver, or it goes to. Give me one moment while Cass thinks about which way this river flows again. Um, this river flows to the mountain. So <clears throat> the boat is coming upriver from the mountain? Yes. I think that's true. It's going upriver from the mountain. It's going downriver from the city. Yes. Does it return in, in the direction from whence it came? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Where does this boat dock? Some of the warehouses? Uh, th that's what I've been told. That's all I know. Who would know more? Uh, you, you could... Uh, you could... Uh, you could probably talk to... Bellicosa. Uh, so... Yovin, you know the name Bellicosa. Uh, Bellicosa is one of the underworld individuals in Dwemer Hollow that has ties to uh, a couple local gangs. The largest gang that uh, they have is a gang called the Crabs. And Bellicosa, though you do know, does have a rival named Tawny. Uh, who uh, the largest of their of Tawny's rival gangs is called the Slugs. I am uncertain whether or not to believe him, but if he is correct that this boat coincides with the new moon, then uh, there was some reference in my letter that leads me to believe this may be important. Right, Henrik. Well, I'm sorry about this whole misunderstanding. Um, I hope we can put it past us. And if your information proves to be good, well, there's a fair bit of reward money around for anyone with any knowledge of the missing children, and I'll make sure that a portion of it makes its way to you very discreetly. Ah, oh, I, uh, um, uh, uh, th thank you. Th thank you, good sir. Um, ah, uh, um. Melian moves in real close with Phelus uh, still on his back, leans in and says, and if your information is bad... You won't see me again, but you might not see anything else either. He blanches at that. I'll pat Henrik on the back um, and then discreetly untie his shoelaces, um, just so he doesn't realize that there was anything that was the cause of the fall, and then stand, brush myself off. Oh, I think we have a lead then. Okay. Timeline-wise, just to let you know. Uh, it is three days until the new moon. As we're walking away, um, assuming that we don't hang around, I will fill the others in on what I know of Bellicosa and the general gangs, including Tony, her, his rival, and their affiliates. Just bring them up to speed on any information I'd have there. And I will share with the group that my letter told me that I should be looking to rumor and to the changing of the moon so the new moon seems like a good clue uh, Sasha try saying something can you guys hear me now 
Yep, we can. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that was weird. Did we miss something you were saying? Nothing of importance. Everything they say is important, Sasha. Faileth was just going to give him some rabbit jerky, but <laughs> the time has passed. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sure that Faileth can uh, have... Are you just stuffing some rabbit jerky into his mouth? Like... <laughs> Uh, well, or... while, while Melian was leaning in close, being all intimidating, uh, Faileth was going to look him dead in the eye and say, Also, do you want some rabbit jerky? You look really scared. And then hand him some sort of moldy jerky from her kind of growth le- gross leather pouch. <laughs> um, he'll just look at it in even more abject horror. Uh, and as you guys uh, walk away, you see him sort of like stand up, brush himself off, and just like roll down the uh, cover for the front of his stall. He clearly does not want to deal with whatever else is going on. <laughs> Alright. Well, I believe that if we try a stunt like that again, we might not be able to get away with the element of surprise. People will know we're Roughing smugglers up now. But we have a lead and perhaps some more individuals to talk to, though I don't think the tricks we used here are going to work quite as well to convince some to chat with us. Did we use tricks? The rabbit tricky, I mean. Oh yeah. Was very <laughs> that was though. just to be nice. I love rabbit jerky. He mentioned that perhaps there were beggars that may have seen something, and my letter indicated that we should search out rumors. Perhaps there are some beggars with rumors that we could. Or some who have heard rumors from beggars? There's some right here. Did you want me to ask them? Where? Over there. Do I She's see pointing at nothing. This will take some getting used to, uh, uh, yes? Okay, maybe they're more recent and they'll have a better idea of what's going on, or maybe they're very interested in the local goings on. Hold on. Um, and she's gonna go over to... Which which beggar looks the most coherent? Um, there is a beggar that is sort of just like, uh sitting back sort of like staring up at the at up at the sky um you can see through him and it looks like he has a like a ghostly bottle next to him so he probably died uh very very drunk uh and then there are two beggars that are sitting on top of a tent and they're like nattering back and forth at each other um it sounds like they're talking about the like the the dealings that are going on between merchants. Oh, excellent. Is there a way for me to get up on that tent? Could Quarry give her a boost? Like could Quarry like let her sit on their shoulders? Yeah, you could have so I I don't think that the tent would be able to um, necessarily like would be in necessarily the best position to support your weight. They're ghosts, so they don't weigh anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, if you were hefted up, um, it would be a bit strange, and there's definitely going to be people that will look at you weirdly, but uh, yeah. I'm used to that. Quarry, can you give me a boost? Of course, Faileth. Where, where am I boosting you to? 
up there. Perhaps, uh, you would like to stand on my shoulders? Sure. Corey will kind of help them. Well, actually, probably we'll kneel down and say, uh, climb up upon the door. Um, Aleth will get off of Melian's shoulders and give his face a little pat as if to say, don't worry, I'll climb on you again later. This is not the betrayal of what we have. <laughs> um, and then accept the boost from Corey to get to sort of the same level as the gossiping ghosts. Melian just rubs the bridge of his nose and sort of moves underneath so that he can continue his muttering uh, uh, deception. Um, once Faileth is firmly on Quarry's shoulders, Quarry will stand up to give them give her more height. Uh, so you come up to about the height of the ghosts, um, and you see one of the ghosts looks at uh, you and just, just starts laughing and points at the other ghost and points at you and the other one starts laughing as well and you realize that these ghosts look like their bodies have not been cared for well so a ghost that their resting place has been cared for well will generally maintain their form quite well but a spirit that uh, their resting place hasn't been maintained uh, or their how they've died or if there have been bad things that have gone on nearby uh, they'll start to deteriorate and look more say undead and both of these look a lot more like emaciated skeletons um, with loose hanging clothes on them and they're just okay. laughing raucously at a girl that is uh, uh, that is on the top on the shoulders of a giant uh, Faileth will laugh along with them and say, It's bloody absurd, right? Hello, And they both I'm just Faileth. stop and stare at you. That's right, I can hear you. And see ya. And we can chat if you like. What languages do you speak? I speak... Common, Elvish, Primordial, and Sylvan. Okay, which... What language are you talking to them in right now? Um, I usually start with common, but if it looks like they are not uh, understanding me, I could switch to one of the others. If you were using a different language, they'd have a problem. Common is fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, they sort of just one of them, like their mouth falls open, and then you see like the ghostly bottom half of their mouth legitimately falls off, and and then they sort of like, just pick it up and like shove it back up, and the other one just looks at them and's like again. Really. Again. Do you want some help with that? I could go to your resting place and, and give it a little spruce up if you think that would help. <laughs> oh, you won't find our resting place. Uh, We're under the cobblestones. Oh no, which ones? Shite <laughs> if I know. <laughs> oh, well, that's not as useful, I'm afraid. Sorry. I had to put some flowers or something. Oh. That's mighty nice, uh, little one. Uh, you can call me Faileth. Okay, Miss Faileth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, you can talk to us. Are you a speaker? No, no, I'm just weird. She says she's just weird. 
Yeah. Hmm? I was born with weird. Mm, it's true, I'm very weird. Uh, you, you see that it looks like they're about to say something, and they look, it's almost like they're looking past you, and then sort of just like this look of a little bit of terror in their eyes, uh, and then they cut from whatever they were about to say to you. Are you alright? That's a You realize that they're staring past you. I look in that direction to see if I can see anything. You notice that your mother is sort of floating there. Her arms are crossed. Uh, it's Her ha form is very hazy and dark. And they look actually a bit scared of her. And she has mother a look on her off. face. Like, she is not approving of you talking to them. Mother, piss off for a bit. I'm talking to me new friends. Don't mind her. Now, She's Faileth, all dear. Faileth, dear, you should not what? be talking to this rabble. Mother, they're nice people and they're going to help me find the missing kids, all right? Nice people are not buried under the cobblestone. Well, sometimes they are. I buried you under a dung heap, and you're a nice person. I have nurtured a very nice tree. Oh, have ya? That's nice. We haven't been back in a while. Should we be going back sometimes? I don't think I remember <sighs> where it is. Of course. You don't even remember where your own mother is buried. You don't remember where you buried me. I don't remember anything from, like... I mean, to cut me a little bit of slack, Mother. I was about five years old. What do you expect of me? What do I expect of you? I expect of you to do so much more. To not cavort with these... reprobates. Ugh, <laughs> oh, Mother, your heart should be vibe. Can I please just ask them if they know anything about the missing children? That's important, don't you think? They won't be able to tell you anything about them at all. You don't know that. Well, she's wrong about that. See, missing they children. can tell us. Of course we can tell you about the missing children. Brilliant. Ignore mm -hmm. my mother. She's being a little hissy bitch right now. I can see that. Well, what I can tell She's you... She's like this a lot. Well, what I can tell you is that mm -hmm. the first one went missing in Old Town. In Old Town, all right. Yeah. Ten. Ten have gone missing. Ten? I heard that one went missing. Last night. Last night from where? Oh. Uh, also from Old Town. Oh, have they mostly come from Old Town? Uh, what do you remember hearing? Mm, I don't know. What do you remember hearing? Maybe we should ask Jessica. Jessica! Oh, yeah. And you 
legitimately see a sort of like a very very shriveled but like uh pretty much actually like it's a skeleton of a ghost in a really not very well kept dress who's lounging on top of another tent um just sort of looks over and you see some of her ghostly spectral hair sort of floating ruffling around she's what is it jessica can you help us we're trying to solve the case of the missing children and i bet you know everything about anything that happens around here right i certainly i know quite a bit she yells can you you tell me can you tell me have they mostly been missing from old town Almost half, I think. A couple from near the borders of Old Town as well. Okay. Anywhere else? Well, I heard that the first one went missing in Gold Town, the second in Scargate. The third went missing on the canal side of Westgate. The fourth went missing in Waldengate. The fifth, back in Old Town. The sixth, in Scargate. But it might actually have been on Maker's March. On Maker's March? I lost her accent. That's fine. The six on the edge of, Ma- of Maker's March. Oof, yeah, Seventh right. back in Scargate. The eighth on the edge of Waldengate. The ninth in the Nobles District. And the tenth. Tenth back in the Old Town. All right. You don't happen to know who's been taking them or, or seen any of them get snatched up, have you? You think that we can care about people going missing? The only reason that I care is the mothers just won't stop nattering. Yeah, mothers do that. One of every single time they go to market, they're just always going, please, please. Please, oh, insert whichever relevant god or goddess they're talking to. Please don't let my children go missing. Please don't let them get taken in the night while I'm out here in the middle of the day. Ugh. Oh, they've all been taken at night, have they? I guess. Right. You know, Jessica, you're really helpful. If you can leave some, leave a coin, maybe something. Oh, I sure. Been paid in such a long time. Um, I toss her a, uh, I like flick a gold piece over to where she is. Um, for those of you that are watching where the gold gets flicked to, it does stop and hovers in midair. Uh, Faileth, you watch her like, take a spectral bite into the coin. Uh, and and then she looks at it and is like, real gold. 
It would have taken me probably over a year to make this much. I never had any money mm. until Melian found me. Now I've got loads. I don't know what to do with it, to be totally honest. Well, I mean, the girls down at Buxom Bonnie's could always use some. Oh, sh oh yeah, is that a good idea? Let's go there. Go where? Give them where? some money. Oh, we're gonna go to Buxom Bonnie's to? to give the girls some money. No, we're not. Do they have yes. information about the missing children? Oh, I don't know, but the ghost says they need money. In How my experience, most people do, Faileth. Yeah, but these ones really need it. Jessica said so. Who? Jessica. She's over there, I just gave her a gold. Faileth, what have we discussed about giving money to ghosts? Well, I only gave her one. And she had some really good information about the missing children. You guys are going to be really proud of me when I tell you what I've just learned. Excellent. Good. Hold on one what second. Have we, what have we discussed about... About about what? Sorry, you said hold on one second. I did, but I didn't expect you to listen to me. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, I turned back to the ghosts. Do y'all have anything else about the missing children? Uh, you, as you turn back, you notice that one of them has, like, stuck his ghostly hand, head, hand through Kawari's head and is sort of, like, just, like, they're both now just, like, playing pranks through her head. <laughs> Does Kawari notice anything? No. Okay. <laughs> Kawari. What? Oh, nothing. I'll tell you later. Hmm. Real quick, though. Anything else important? They just smile and shake their head. Okay. Back to you, Melian. What were you saying? What have we discussed about giving money to Ghost's friends? I don't think we discussed that one. Oh, you mean that one time when I gave all the money we'd made uh, to that lady by the side of the road because a ghost said that he had sex with her one time? Yes, I am talking about that time you gave all our money to a woman on the side of the road because a ghost told you that she was a whore. Well, she, I think she needed it more than we did. She looked so sad. And I caught a dinner that night, you remember. Uh, Melian yeah, shuddered. I could find. I do remember. But I did promise that I wouldn't give all our money away without telling you or asking you first. So this time, I only gave one. Look, I'm learning. Yeah. Good work. I'm showing so much restraint. <laughs> so much. Paladin mm -hmm. Bucks and Bonnies is unlikely to be a place that you will want to be um, seen. After, but first we'll give them money, right? If they do not have any information on the children, I do not believe that there is any reason for us to go there. I can't imagine any reason that Ladies of the Night would have any information about missing children. 
trying to decide how naive Quarry is, because at the mention of the night, part of me wants to be like, ah, but do they know about the new moon? <laughs> but I don't think Quarry's that naive. They're too old for that, so I'll leave it. They have lived a, a full life. Yes. Right, do you want to know what I found out? Indeed, yes, please. Would, would you like me to let you down? Oh, yeah. Quarry will kneel down and, and let them clamber down the door. Right. It's like a nice should ramp. Should I tell you here? Or should we uh, go somewhere no. sneaky? Somewhere quieter. First of all, Faileth, I would like to acknowledge that uh, you considered our surroundings before just spouting off information. And that was very well done. Thank and also, you. yes, let's not stay here. Is there a place, Yovan, that you would recommend we go for a confidential conversation? Yovan nods. So you mentioned you wanted to head down to Frost's Folly to speak with the smith there. Uh, I have lodgings near the area. You can stop there for a moment. Get the lay of the land. Perhaps we can discuss it on the way there, or after we're indoors. I would love to see where you have been keeping yourself since you left the Abbey. Oh, well. Of course. Let's go, then. Well, with that, then, uh, I think that the party will make their way to Frost's Folly, and we can pick up our next session outside the house on Sapphire Lane. Thank you so oh, much, everybody. You. This was really fun. I'm loving everyone's characters. Yes, you guys are all awesome. Thank you. Um, I think it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. The voice is great. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Does anybody else hear very, very faint music in the background? I, I think, Give me I, a, yeah. It might be my roommate. I do hear, like, Did that cut it out? TV talking, maybe? Yes, yeah. I hear, like, a... Yes. I'm going to mute. Give me five seconds. Mm -hmm. Did that cut it out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Problem solved. Nice. I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, it did seem very, uh... And, like, the tone of it almost seemed appropriate. Quietly like, playing oh, ghost sounds in the background. <laughs> I'm having a supernatural experience! Cass is just quietly... No, we're doing all the audio and music after, afterwards, so... <laughs> I kind of wonder. I won't do that to you. <laughs>